Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, Hi, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. Dory. Dory Spreer has had so much Mother's Day birthday between the last podcast. Yeah. Really Dory week, you know? Yep. Just yep, uh, week of Dory. Take that, take that home, everyone. Just, just remember, Dory week. Okay. We got through it. We did. Uh... How was your Mother's Day, everyone? Oh, Meaning me? you. We said we'd update people because oh, we right, hadn't right, had right. it I yet. Forgot, wow. Some of us listen to the podcast. Um, and by that, I mean you guys because we both do it, but I listen. Um, my Mother's Day was nice. What did we do on Mother's Day? So much stuff. Oh, my God. I don't remember. I don't remember Honestly, either. I don't remember. I made you breakfast of French toast. Yes, that's right. 
You picked it up from uh, Mod, which is one of our favorite restaurants. We yeah, one of those. We talked about that last week, but we you know, we're on the other side of it. Right? How was it? It was very good. Good report. Yeah, yeah. You cooked it perfectly. Thank you. Welcome. It was a calamity at six thirty in the morning. I dropped a, a Pyrex, uh, you know, big glass bowl thing, mm-hmm. shattered it. Maybe it wasn't Pyrex. It might have been one of those off-brand because I feel like Pyrex don't shatter that often. Was it was it a bowl or was it one of those um, like a glass storage, storage container, container. container things? So I have Pyrex and I have Oxo, and I have one that is like oven safe. I think it's called. Or Dory loves a container of storage. Like I it do. just like it doesn't matter if it's for food or for accoutrements. Like this woman has not one, but I'm staring at four different vessels for pens. Three. Oh. Where do you see a fourth? Uh, what are the colored pencils in? These? This is one. Oh, I see. This is two, and this is three. Okay, and they're not just, guys, These. this is not like me or you, where we'll just put it in a coffee mug and forget about it. This is Dory. She's got actual pencil box containery things. One of them has her name on it. One of them has my name on it. It's from when I was like six, probably. Yep. And it has a pencil sharpener in it. Yep. One is from the University of Pennsylvania, my alma mater. Why didn't they call it, why didn't they spell it P-E-N-C-I-L on there? That would have been very Great good. question. Could you imagine? It would fly out of the gift shop. <sighs> Can't believe Pennsylvania, come on. Um, and then the other is a ceramic mug that I bought a few years ago. Oh, so that one is a mug that you've converted That one into. is a mug, yes, this hey, one. I, I, my point, everyone, is that my wife loves things that are contained. I like a vessel. She likes, you know, if you open a drawer and there aren't other smaller dividers inside of said drawer, you're not drawing right. It's not my drawer. Yeah. Someone else's drawer. Right. So you can imagine her chagrin now that she hasn't been able to go to the container store in two and a half months. Well, I did order stuff from the container store. Took forever. It took three weeks. Well, you know. We're all going through stuff. Exactly. Uh, so, yes, that's I shattered that. Trying to keep Henry at bay while I tried to cook to let Dory sleep. To then bring, to get the breakfast made. And then she was going to take it in bed. And I was like, take it on the chaise of that couch that you like. She did. That's really all I remember of Mother's Day. Yeah. I have no recollection of the rest of the day. I don't remember much. Did we take a walk? Did we do anything? I don't remember. Wow. It was a week ago. Yeah. Anyway, her birthday, I remember, because that was yesterday. It was yesterday. You made me breakfast. I said, what do you want? She just pulled out a thing of buttermilk flour and pointed at a pancake recipe. It was not buttermilk flour. It was dried buttermilk that I had ordered from the King Arthur Flour website. Okay, well, she wanted buttermilk pancakes, and uh, if you ever made those from scratch, or according to the recipe on the front of the King Arthur pancake, it's it's a lot, a lot of ingredients. We got through that. We made that. That was that was that was satisfactory to Dory. Henry had his first bit of pancake. He loved it. And then we think that knocked him out into some sort of carb load, stupefied nap. He took an hour and a half nap. And then you know, lunch was a free for all. Sort of grab yeah. whatever's left over. And then we went to the 
to the nursery. Oh yeah, that's right. We went to the hardware store, which has a nursery. Um, all in our, our all in our masks. In our masks, except for Henry. Except for Henry, I walked Henry around the store while I trying to maintain a six foot distance. Hung out in the very sunny nursery. Too sunny for me. Couldn't take it. Yeah. Had to take him inside. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny for you have such fair skin, and and I'm the one who violently hates the sun. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the sun, but I can tolerate it. I want to punch the sun in the face sometimes. I hate it. I wow. wish it would just, like, relax. Like, you it know, the sun and I, but in, like, January, February, the sun and I are cool. Yeah. I'm like, thanks for bringing us light. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. keeping us mm-hmm. in orbit. And uh, But, like, it's, like, April rolls around. It's like, I'm going to fuck with you. Mm. Heat. Heat wave. Mm-hmm. I'm gone for a little while. Heat wave. Mm. I'm gone. Heat wave. And then in the summer in Los Angeles, it's just heat wave. Oh, I hate the sun. Even though I tan. I hate it. Okay, so we did that. She got some plants. She made an herb garden. I moved my car 14 times so she could get her car out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have tandem parking in this house. Yes. Dory got... Uh, uh, good naps from Henry. That was his gift to you. It seriously was. He took two hour and a half long naps, which he hasn't done in ages. So, thank goodness for that. So that was really nice. Uh, I went in the pool. She did. She went in the pool while Henry was napping. Came out of the pool. I was looked at was me awake. like, well, "What did you do with our baby?" And I was <laughs> like, "He's asleep." And like, Still. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, yeah, so, so many. It was, it was a pretty relaxing day, I gotta say. <sighs> more, more trouble with our gate. I have to go deal with that, I think. Right now? I mean, let's just not let Bo out. It won't close, apparently. Oh, who just texted you? Henry. Oh, I see. <laughs> Um. All right. No, look, whatever. Let's continue the recap. Okay. Dory got a vacuum cleaner, everybody, for her birthday. Because, quite frankly, I was like, what would be the only thing that my wife has actually said that she's wanted over the last, I don't know, five to six weeks? And she secretly, out loud, said she wanted one of those cordless Dyson vacuum cleaner things. And I put that away in my brain. For a later date. And I went back and forth over whether or not to actually get a vacuum cleaner for my wife for her birthday because I didn't want to seem like this was an episode of The Honeymooners. (laughs) So, but then I thought more and more about it. And because we're home so much, the, you know, the idea of like grabbing the giant vacuum cleaner, plugging it in finding an outlet in a house where we're really not sure where the outlets are really anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, whatever I got her the thing and, and hung it up and, and, uh, we did one pass on a couple of rugs and quite frankly, it was disgusting. What came out of our rugs. <laughs> Truly disgusting. So yeah, 
I'd recommend if anyone has any Amazon points saved up on their Amazon visas, use it towards a vacuum cleaner. You know, what's funny is like, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, we have a pretty good vacuum. I thought we did. I researched that vacuum a long time ago. I We have a shark vacuum. Was that, we got rid of the Dyson. I think it broke. We were, it was in our, it was in the house, the old house. Yeah. The yellow Dyson, remember yeah. it? We got rid of it. And then we got a shark yeah. something. I was looking at vacuum reviews for Quite for like time. a week and a half. I was a vacuum expert mm-hmm. back in 2012. Mm, 2014. Maybe I, was a, maybe I was an expert when I bought the Dyson. Oh, maybe you were. <laughs> Occasionally I become an expert in vacuums. But anyway, we bought this. And I thought it was a great Auric Eureka. No, Eureka Shark or whatever the hell it is. Whatever. It's very highly reviewed and touted. But then this like fucking... Little lithium battery powered thing. And Dyson comes in, and comes it's along, like, <laughs> and it's like you don't know clean. Literally, I'm British. It's British. Yeah. Dyson. Yeah. Really? Isn't he? I don't think he is. What? Why was he so British sounding in all the commercials when he talked about his love of designing for suction? Oh, it is British. <laughs> Sorry, you were correct. What did you think it was? I thought it was like Silicon Valley. I thought it was like San Francisco. No. The Dyson vacuum cleaner has been around for quite a while, and and it's just an inventor who was like, I can fix this and make this better. And he did. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what else I can do? Hand dryers and bathrooms. Yeah. I can fix this. And he didn't. They still (laughs) suck. (laughs) His hair dryer is quite good. Uh, yeah, I mean this Dyson guy. You gotta you gotta save for a while and then hopefully have it forever. But yikes! Yeah, our rugs were gross. Gross. Henry's rug all of a sudden became a vibrant, beautiful rug again. I was like, oh, didn't even notice that it had faded <laughs> into sadness. <laughs> but it had, it had faded into sadness. Um. Yeah, so that was, and then and then dinner. We had dinner. I again, it was like another thing where Dory was like, "I want this place specific thing." So I go pick it up and brought it home, and then read the nine billion instructions to make this hummus Mediterranean sitch for 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 the lady, and she that turned out okay, I think. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. And then we. Uh, I was like ready for bed and wound up staying up till 1230 in the morning as is like my MO. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I had the, yesterday was the first day since lockdown that I had not even sat in my office and turned on the computer, which felt good, mm-hmm. but also felt not as good because I was like, Oh What's happening? Yeah. Am I missing doing things? Yeah. But I wasn't missing doing anything. Anyway, got on the computer and then stayed up till too late. Typical. That is, you're caught up, everybody, on, on week, the Dory week, the week of Dory. <laughs> the week of me. Yep. Um, so, you know, we have an appointment to talk to our doctor next week. No. Yes. It's not this coming week. It's the week after. I said next week. Oh, I, I think of week starting on Mondays. Ah, well, it's a week from Tuesday. Yeah, we're going to talk to DKB, Dr. Kelly Beck. My wife doesn't really know how to use a microphone, even though she's a professional 
and some would argue even more successful podcaster than myself, she managed to drop a microphone Mm -hmm. without even saying a killer insult. She just dropped the mic. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi. You know, it's annoying. I I don't, I don't, I know, because I don't like sitting like this. Where should I be? Maybe there. She's kicking me. She's kicking me away. It's just like hard to, I don't have anywhere to put the mic. You have to open up to me. I don't like facing this way and not seeing you. It's what you do with Kate all the time. But like, she's not here. Me either. Pretend I'm like in an ISDN line. I'm sitting on a piano bench next to Dory and she doesn't care for it. All right. So I guess I will move. No, it's fine. I'm going to move. I want you to be. Look, it's still technically the week of Dory, which is why the appointment doesn't feel like next week to me. Mm. Yeah. So we have an appointment to talk to our doctor. Um, so I haven't told you this, but I've already had an annoying interaction with um, one of their finance people. Nuh-uh. Yeah. And I'm like already having like PTSD about the whole experience. What are you talking about? So I made the appointment. Um, and then a few days later, I get an email from a different person being like, you have to pay us your embryo storage fee. Reasonable. But I was like, we shouldn't be paying an embryo storage fee. Like four years ago, this doctor said that they weren't going to charge us an embryo storage fee. And I have the email where he said this embryo is inconclusive. So we won't charge you storage for it. Uh And so we have that embryo and then we have all these other abnormal embryos that I'm like, we can just, we can get rid of those. And I said this to her and she was like, over email and she was like oh okay so you want to destroy all your embryos and i was like no i want to keep the one embryo and then i forwarded her the email and then she said well dr bronte's not here anymore so you have to pay the embryo storage fee (laughs) and i was like i didn't even i didn't respond by the way this is not i'm not upset about paying the storage fee i'm just not the, the, the the tact of her yeah yeah it's so rude like honor what the guy said to me in email like i have it in writing and it's so it's so tacky like to just be like we we can't honor that well i think yeah the whole he's well he's not here anymore (laughs) like what what does that mean it just it really annoyed me and i was like you know this is why i hate this place like, I love our doctor. Yes. But I hate that clinic. I don't like that clinic either. Like, it's this kind of shit that really pisses me off. Like, we have given you probably over $100,000. And we have, in in writing, we have it that you're not going to charge us a storage fee for this embryo. And now you're telling me that because the doctor is no longer there, that what he said doesn't count like i don't think it works that way and how much is embryo storage eight hundred dollars like it's not nothing for how long for a year so i mean really what we're doing is taking a hundred dollars out of each doctor there's pocket every year no we're taking two hundred dollars oh there's only four of them yeah but that's probably why you know it's probably why they can't honor it anymore maybe doctor what's his face Bronte, mm-hmm. maybe he is no longer there 
Because he was willy nilly. Because he was just he was like, hey, you don't need storage. to. You don't need to now. <laughs> you park. You can park for free. Don't worry about that. It's ridiculous. Uh, so like that just put me in such a bad mood, and and we haven't even started this whole thing, and I was like, ugh, I hate IVF. But also, by the way, this is we didn't. There was no further. Just letting everybody in the audience know. There was no further discussion beyond what you heard on the podcast last week. And two days later, I get a, a text message from my wife, 50 feet away from me. We have an appointment with Dr. Beck at this time, which for me felt like, oh, the wheels are off again. She's... she's She's not consulting me, not no, talking to it's me. It's not like I didn't consult you. You told me to make an appointment. I we our discussion was on the podcast. We have we talked about it outside of that last week. I didn't think we had to because you were I like thought, you were all like gung ho about me I making an we appointment. Did, well, I thought we had talked about a couple things. The reality of the situation. We had talked about um, changing clinics to CCRM. We talked about that a long time ago, and then you I said know, you didn't want to do it. I know, but we never had a we never again never had another discussion. You want to open up that discussion again because you would you made I, me feel like that, that was, was totally out of the question because we hadn't put Henry in yet. And look at what happened. Mm-hmm. We have a, a fucking beautiful baby boy who seems to be happy and take good naps today. Yeah, and yesterday, that was what I was upset about. I was upset about you doing it before we needed to do it. Mm. And and then this like this brought me PTSD from that. When you went and made that appointment, it just showed up in my calendar. It was like, what? I mean, I know we talked about doing it on the podcast, but I thought we'd at least hear people's opinions <laughs> and discuss it more before we we jumped over to fucking seven dollar parking thank god we don't have to go in for that by the way free parking <laughs> i mean i'm not i just don't i'm not i don't want to come across as mad. i'm not mad like don't feel like attacked or anything i'm not mad about it i just i thought it was a little i would not have i made, thought it was a little like whoa i would not have made the appointment if i hadn't felt like you were like i almost felt like you were more enthusiastic than, about it than i was well i thought we should have dis- we should have discussed a couple of things okay what do you want to discuss Oh, we're just doing it on the podcast? Oh, do you not want to do it on the podcast? I guess from now on, everyone listening, the only time we will discuss IVF as a married couple oh, come on. will be on the That's show. That's not what I mean. No, no. I'm, what I'm saying is like, I don't want to rehash anything for people who are bored by us. Uh, we can have this conversation. No, later. like I get the idea of like talking to our doctor, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, what are we going to say to her? Are we just going to get her opinion? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we just send her the episode and see if she wants something? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know. But it's it's obviously a lot for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, you got quote, unquote, triggered. Not, not a trigger shot, but... Correct. Emotionally triggered mm-hmm. by the finance department asking mm-hmm. us to pay for embryo storage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got triggered by 
an appointment with Dr. Beck showing up on my computer mm-hmm. without being talked to about it mm-hmm. on, a, on on the first day of work. <laughs> it just, like, it, you know, every sort of inconvenience of IVF mm-hmm. and going through it for both of our standpoints, I mean, much less on the physical toll, that has yet to rear its ugly head, thank God, but, like, just all the machinations of it have popped up in the last week. Yeah. And we haven't even We've done started. nothing. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just like, anyway, I felt like we were like finally getting along in a, in a way where we were like a cohesive parental unit. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they're like, the world's like, Hey, here's some more stress on top of a pandemic. <laughs> So, uh, look, maybe we'll talk to her and be like, this is a bad idea. Yeah, it could be. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But like, you know, regarding the appointment, it would have, I would have liked to have been consulted on the day. I know that it was a hard appointment to get. The next one was going to be in June, but I just would have liked a little bit of input. It was kind of a take it or leave it situation. Uh Uh-huh. But you didn't send me a message of like, look, here's the deal. You're right. I should have done that. Um, Because I think if I did that to you, I would not have been very happy about that. Mm. If I was like, it was that or nothing. Or we had to wait two months. I just, you know. I'd be like, do we have anything on June 17th? Mm -hmm. Which is what I do when I have a thing that we have to do. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Again, not mad, just like, whoa, all of this is happening again. Yep. IVF whiplash. Yep. Maybe they have some, you know, pencil holders or some swag they could give us. <laughs> Great. We'll be right back, everybody. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, Not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, 
anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Um, just a reminder, you can email us at dorianmatt at gmail.com or mattandory at gmail.com and our phone number is 413-461-BABY. That's true. Yeah. We were like, we just want one baby. And now we're like, Let's drive to IVF again. We drive to it. That's the only way to go to IVF. <laughs> okay. Um, we got an anonymous follow-up to last week's email. About the uh, bees? No. Oh. Um, about the husband who didn't want the second kid? Yeah. Okay. Number one, thank you for your well wishes regarding my husband's depression. Matt, you sharing your own mental health struggles helped me ensure my husband sought help. He's doing much better. Good. Two, let me be clear. My husband expressed concern about having another, but once our oldest turned one, he got on board. It's not like I went and had an embryo transfer without him. I think I just wish that I had had more conversation with him about his concerns, etc. I mm-hmm. wish we had really talked through what life with two would look like. Three, as far as the two of you having another child, the plan you talked about this week is pretty much what we did. We actually used donor eggs, not embryos, as Dory interpreted, and we had two embryos on ice. We met with our RE first to see what the chances are that it would work. After nine years of infertility, nothing is a sure thing in my book. Mm -hmm. So I think you meeting with Dr. Beck first is a great idea. Also, our MFM, Maternal Fetal Medicine, had a genetic counselor on staff with whom we met during our first pregnancy. I'm sure Dr. Beck could give you the name of someone. Well, you know, we did talk to we talked to a counselor shortly after that, and no, we didn't. When did we talk? We to talked the to the counselor? genetic counselor before we even started IVF. After we had gotten our blood tested. No, we also talked to a genetic counselor upon the embryo grading. No, we didn't. Yeah, I swear to God, we did. We didn't. 
We got an email from it the came embryologist. With, hang on. It came, if I remember correctly, the package we paid for mm-hmm. came with consultation from a genetic uh, genetic uh, counselor. We had a phone call with the genetic counselor. I swear to God. After we got the inconclusive yes. embryo? I don't remember this at all. I swear we did. And I'm sure we did a podcast about it. But uh, it was the same situation that we're in now. Whereas, like, they aren't sure what that means, right? So, yeah. my question is, like, okay, in the last year and a half, two years, uh, do they know what that means? Right. I swear we talked to one. I don't remember talking to one. But I do. I'm sure our listeners will remember. Maybe I dreamed it. Maybe you did. Um, do you want to read this email? No. Okay. Well, I, I can. You can. Well, you're not set up to do it. Whatever. You're obviously uncomfortable being turned 34 degrees. All right. This is from Wendy. (laughs) I've wanted to write in so many times during the past two and a half years, and I've even stopped the podcast a few times with that intention, only to lose steam. You didn't even email me. The pod. Oh, sorry. Only to lose steam along the way. But during last week's episode, I found myself yelling aloud, it's not that expensive. I ran to my laptop and furiously started typing. All right, I'm just going to send Matt the podcast because I forgot because I don't know why. All right, Um, quick background. Nine-year-old daughter conceived the traditional way. My one-year-old son was conceived with a donor embryo. My son's embryo was created before my daughter was conceived, which is still bizarre to think about. He's now five weeks older than Henry. I wish I'd learned about donor embryos earlier. It has the highest success rate and it is the least expensive option for conceiving well into your 40s. And it is literally six times less expensive than using a donor egg. I was 43 and my husband was 49 when we started trying for our second. And I spent a lot of time researching statistics. After our initial testing, my doctor painstakingly walked me through all of our options and recommended we start with IUI since we both had decent for our ages numbers. He did this while showing me the success rates. There's a 15% chance after three tries that it would work for someone my age. The cost would be approximately $12,000 for three tries. He alluded to IVF, but indicated the statistics are not great for my age. I hit the SART database, Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology, to look at statistics. For a woman over 42, there's a 2.9% chance of a live birth per egg retrieval. The cost was in the 25... Wait, per egg retrieval? Mm-hmm. 2.9%. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> this is probably a terrible idea. So maybe she'll By just the tell way, us not these to are do my, it. Fi- the email finally came in. Uh, oh, maybe she will. But I doubt it. If they're so desperate for money to store an embryo... Um... The cost is in the $25,000 range. They also shared the cost for using a donor egg. The success rate is 35% for a donor egg. Now we're getting somewhere, you may think. But the cost of a donor egg plus sperm retrieval plus the embryo creation plus the frozen embryo transfer was somewhere in the fifty dollars to $60,000 range. Mm-hmm. Let's quickly summarize. IUI, $12,000 for a 15% chance. IVF, $25,000 for a 3% chance. <laughs> egg donor, $60,000 for a 35% chance. These are not great ROI opportunities if money is a consideration. Mm-hmm. So I hit the internet again. This is where I discovered embryo donation. I never knew there was such a thing, but when you start to think about all the embryos frozen out there, it starts to make a lot of sense. Now just take a look at these numbers. 36% success rate no matter your age. $10,000 to $15,000 cost. Boom. These are real numbers. I spent $12,000 for two tries, and this included the cost of the lawyers for me and the donors and the transportation of the embryos. 
When I told my doctor what I discovered and wanted to pursue, he said, didn't I tell you about that option? I could write forever about embryo donation, but here are the basic pros and cons. Pros, high success rate for low cost, higher chance of genetically normal embryos, no concerns about your child inheriting your worst traits, joy Mm -hmm. of carrying the child. Cons, not your genetic offspring. This con is really important to most people, and I get that. I do recognize it was probably easier for us to be okay with our decision since we already had a biological child. But after talking through it one evening, my husband and I came to the conclusion, I mean, we're not really that great. (laughs) I hope this long-winded math problem helps someone in their decision process. Embryo donation has been such a huge blessing for us that I want to shout it from the rooftops, but the Excellent Adventure podcast is a close second. You both are amazing. Love listening every week. Wendy. I feel like we are the rooftops of IVF. We kind of are. We we throw out uh, lit signals into the night constantly. Yeah. People are people people see those. Well, she just to conclude, she's with her husband, nine year old, one year old, and two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels in a twenty three hundred square foot house in Pennsylvania. That is uh how big is that dog? Cavalier Spaniel. Is it horse sized? No, I think they're um I can like picture them. What if it was horse sized? Would you get a horse sized dog? I mean, people thought Bo was a horse, so. People, multiple people have thought Bo was a horse. Yes. Well, it's one photo that makes Bo look like a horse. It's very weird. So, <laughs> he sleeps more than horses do, I'll tell you that much. He is a sleepy boy. Uh, next email. Wait, we're not going to discuss Wendy's email? What about it? What do you think about it? What do you think about it? I think the math, it, it, I like a great email. If I had to rate it, on a scale of one to ten Andes, I'd give it nine Andes. Wow, that's a lot of Andes. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I like research. I like math. Mm-hmm. She did it all. Yep. She put it in there. Yep. And there you go. Now, you're asking me what I think about it in terms of what it would be mean for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say it's interesting. The percentage math is a little fuzzy i think yeah because what you have to realize is that you know every person who goes through ivf is going through it for various reasons Mm -hmm. so to loop to lump a percentage in there isn't fair because you're looking at it versus like when you talk about embryo donation, or rather egg donation, percentage goes up. Well, yes, because that has been a, a, a cause of infertility that has been accounted for, and they have found a solution, which is, well, your eggs aren't good. Let's go down this route. So obviously that percentage jumps dramatically. Right. Uh, you know, your sperm's not good. Let's go this route. Boom. Yeah. That number jumps again. So that 2.5%, 3% chance that you're giving it with IVF well, I believe that's an accurate percentage. I also believe that that's a, the number is conflated with, you know, it's too many other variables yeah. there. Yeah. Because that's like really the catch-all of mm-hmm, IVF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think of that. Um, and then the embryo donation thing, again, I think that's very high because you're taking out so many other variables. Yeah. You know. You're talking about the, uh, the freezing, the thawing, the testing. All of that has already been done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all of those variables are gone. So, of course, you're going to have a super high success rate there. Yeah. Um, 
yes, that's my that's my thought on that. All right. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely food for thought. I don't know how I feel about using a donor egg or embryo. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think when it comes down to it, I think uh, maybe would have gone down that route if Henry hadn't come uh, along. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's, we, we got to figure out like, what is life with two kids really like? Yeah. Like the email previous said yeah. to us. Um, what does it entail? What were we doing it for? Are we doing it for the quote unquote right reasons as they say on the bachelor? Yep. So my question is like, are we doing it for Henry? Are we doing it for us? Are we doing it for our guilt? Guilt? The guilt of giving Henry no siblings? No. I think we're doing it for Henry, but I also oh, think we're doing it for us. I think we're doing it for both. Well, what about it? Why, why us? Because I think that our lives will be enriched by having two children yes but our uh, two things can be true at the same time for sure our lives can be enriched and more miserable Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah i mean i worry about like the hassle i call it a hassle like i mean you know he's exhausting yeah now exhausting times too for sure. And yes, everyone says, oh, when they're in enough, they play and occupy each other. And it's like, well, I mean, it's just like, what? I'm going to spend 25 grand on IVF so that I can have a babysitter? Like, I'll just get a babysitter. It's cheaper. What? I'm just saying. Like, the people say, right? When you're always, whenever you say to yourself, yeah, or out loud, rather. Yeah. Oh, it must be so hard with two kids. Yeah, but they really, you know, they occupy each other so much. You know, people like try to sell it like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, to that's you. not the only reason. Why no, of course not. Kid. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm not saying you want another kid to have a built-in babysitter. <laughs> no, because I don't think it works that way either. No, but what I'm saying is that's the reason I hear most mm, from people who have multiple children. Right, right, right. Once they're this age. Well, I mean, what else do you like about it? Um, I get to say different names <laughs> when I'm trying to get them to do something. Okay, now you're just making stuff up. Uh, well, no one has said that. Yeah, no one has said that. But I would say that. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I mean, because we talked we talked about this a little bit last night when we were talking, trying to remember what the hell we did on your birthday last year, which was you know less than a month after Henry was born, and yeah. we had no fucking idea. Um, and then we talked a little bit about the girl embryos, and we were you know very thankful about uh, Henry's pleasant demeanor. Mm-hmm. He was so like yesterday was like the happiest he'd been. In his whole life. And I said it was his best day. The best day of his life literally was yesterday. Because we can track these things. Because most of them are in our memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we and then we sort of went off on a tangent about uh, 
you know how old he is and how old the embryo is or was rather um and the different machinations of like oh well we did this transfer and they hadn't found your septum yet and then we did this transfer and they had and then and that was the chemical pregnancy and then and then Henry. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking out loud. I'm not really even making a point. The end. <laughs> I don't know. This is. I think it's a big sort of decision, obviously, and a big discussion. Yeah. Um. I just don't know. Like, I mean, we can get, we can't even get Henry to not touch Bo's tail. I know, poor Bo. What's he going to do to an infant? But he did give Bo the alpaca today. And then took it and away. And then took it back. And then brought it back. Yeah. His favorite thing to do <laughs> is to give you something, take it, and give it back to you. <laughs> and then take it, and then give it back to you. And he does the funny thing where he leaves it with you, says, bye, like, hi, and then, and then walks about seven to eight steps and then turns around loops around and comes back cycling through and taking the thing again. <laughs> he just like happily will walk in circles uh, giving and taking. Yeah. But poor Bobo, he gave it to Bo and Bo like got Used all it comfy as a pillow, on it yeah. and then Henry snatched it away. Yeah. And then Henry went to bring it back to him and Bo was like, Pfft. yeah. And then Henry was like, uh, and then threw it on the ground. <laughs> it's still there. But it was cute that Henry associated the alpaca with Bo. Yeah. And, and, and associated like I can give something to Bo and take it away from him and get like, he was like, I can play this game with Bo. Yes. But I hope he doesn't try to play it with food. No, we've been very strict about that. I know, but I'm just like, you never know. Yeah. What if we're leaving Henry and the other imaginary child in the future? You know, they're, we think they're occupying each other, but the reality is they're just fucking with Bo. (laughs) That will never happen. Because Bo won't be alive. I know. You're no. so mean. No, I was saying because we would never leave Bo alone with two small children. That's true too. So Bo's only been in Henry's playroom twice. <laughs> Poor guy. He just sits out there and whines. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Hello all. Happy belated to Henry. Our baby turned one in February. We started we decided to start trying for number two. I'm forty one years old. In March we had a failed round because I only had one follicle and that wasn't matured enough. Next mm-hmm. round was canceled. And now I was told that my FSH level is over 30 and 40 is menopause. Last time that level was six. So my ovarian reserve seems to be dying out by the day. I'm so heartbroken. And this news was given to me on Friday before mother's day. Thanks doctors. I guess my point is don't wait. We ha- only had one good embryo last time. And now he is an awesome 15 month old. We are in Brooklyn, New York, about 1,000 square feet, 15-month-old baby boy, and a 14-and-a-half-year-old 13-pound Maltipoo, who's Whoa. a big, whiny baby, and my amazing man-child husband. I feel that. Mm. I'm a man-child. Yeah. 1,000 <laughs> uh, square feet in Brooklyn. Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Nicely done, mm-hmm. guys. I guess you need it for the 14-year-old dog. Um, it's only 13 pounds. But still... <laughs> Well, she needs it for the man child. <laughs> sure. Uh, how old? Is 41, right? Yeah. What is, the, what is your thought on what the order of operations is here? Let's pretend we don't 
Like, what do you think Dr. Beck's going to say? I think she'll say, why don't you come in for an exam? Exactly. And then I'll go in for an exam. Yes. And she'll see what's going on. Yes. And she'll either say to me, look, this is not worth it. Yeah. Or she'll say, we can try, but like the odds are low for you. Or okay. she'll say, you know, I think you need to go to donor eggs or donor embryos. Okay. So you think it's three plausible scenarios? It's actually two because I think she'll either say, I think you can try or I think you need to use donor eggs or donor embryos. But I thought our purpose of contacting again was regarding whether or not we put that embryo in the one that's already there. But you had said you thought we should do another retrieval. Oh, I think we should do another retrieval. I mean, I guess you'd want to do the retrieval before you did that. Well, we have. But then to. I don't want to get in the conundrum of like the uh, the what the the embryos. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get into this weird conundrum where we have like, let's say, you know, knock on wood, we have like two or three or one genetically maybe embryo again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I don't want to get into the situation of. Because then I'm like, what do I do with that embryo? You know? Yeah, well, we can ask her that. I mean, also, our clinic isn't doing transfers right now. They're only doing retrievals. Maybe the pandemic plays into your favor. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Bo? Bo's itching under his collar. Yeah, horse can't do that. Nope. All right, we're going to take another break. BRB. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details okay we are back i guess moving along because it's the only time we ever actually talk about ivf with each other Hey, I'm around to talk anytime. You're the one who goes off into your man cave. You go off into your lady cave. What are you talking about? We are even... in the lady cave right now. Okay. The lady cave is open to anyone. Uh, yeah, but the when the door to the lady cave is closed, it's like she's a good chance she's podcasting on a Zoom call or on a conference call. Uh-huh. So. Okay. Well, there's also evenings. Where you're off playing poker or doing whatever you do. Yeah, but my backyard poker games. Yes. I don't actually have backyard poker games, everybody. Well, you have online poker Socially games. distant, responsibly gamed. Mm-hmm. I just don't want people getting the wrong idea. It's like we're having people over. No, we're not it's having people over. all internet. Um, yeah, but this is... 
you know, I feel like we do better talking during the day while recording podcasts. <laughs> should we just record a fake podcast? Always. Okay. We should record it, though, and use it for later. Okay. Um, all right. This is from Ronit. I just had to pause the pod to write in since you were asking about where you could find a genetic counselor to help you interpret your genetic testing report on your frozen embryo. You probably don't remember, but I wrote into your show a couple years ago when you were also talking about this chromosome deletion, but it sounds like you still don't have the PGS report. Anyway, I just wanted to reach out to say that if you wanted any help interpreting the report, I'd be happy to help. If you get a hold of the report, I'd be happy to do a phone call with you guys after I do a lit search on exactly the region that's deleted. Then I'd be able to tell you if there have been any babies reportedly in the literature born and what symptoms they may have had. There are generally four possibilities for the outcome of transferring this type of embryo. One, the embryo fails to implant. Mm -hmm. Two, the embryo implants and you get pregnant but miscarry at some point during the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Three, the embryo implants, the baby is born, but has some degree of developmental delay or birth defects. Mm -hmm. Four, slightly less likely, but also in the realm of possibility, is that this genetic abnormality is only in the outer cells of the embryo and not actually in the inner cells of the baby. In this case, the baby would potentially be, quote, normal, but there would be no way to know this unless you have an amniocentesis during the pregnancy. Anyway, I wanted to let you know that I'd be happy to talk to you about it if you're interested. Otherwise, you can also contact the lab that did your testing and ask to speak to the genetic counselor on staff. Thanks so much for the podcast. I look forward to listening to it every week. P.S. Quick update on me. Since I last wrote two years ago, we did one failed cycle of IVF, then decided to move on to donor eggs using frozen donor eggs, and we were lucky enough to have success on our first transfer. Our baby girl is just three weeks younger than Henry, so it's been fun listening to your podcast as we are going through similar developmental stages. Hmm. Well, if she doesn't remember... Yeah, I'm telling you. That we didn't. I don't think we did. Maybe I really imagined it or dreamed it or something. We did talk to a genetic counselor, but that was before we ever even started IVF because we had to each get blood tests and I found out that I'm a cystic fibrosis carrier. And I was like, of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, Henry went to to, to the cardiologist. We forgot to even say that. Oh, yeah. What a week. Like, weirdly, a lot happened, even though... Guys, remember when I was like, Dory's going to call them, the doctors, uh, the the hospital, and we're going to make sure everything's good to go at this appointment, and we got there, and I sadly had to slap a visitor sticker on Henry and Dory and then leave. I know, that's so sad. It was sad. I was sad about it. I was sad about it, too. I was also sad about it because Henry's, like hard to corral during a doctor's appointment and it would have been really nice to have you there for that reason yeah. as well yeah we did a children's hospital in los angeles but uh you can only have one they're still doing one parent parent of the uh, per per kid so yeah but everything's normal with his heart yeah he seems to be uh, okay he puked he puked at like so there were like several stages to this appointment First, we waited in like the public waiting room. Then they took us into an exam room. They tried to take his vitals. They couldn't get his blood pressure because he kept like kicking the cuff cuff off. Like and then finally, she was like, "Okay, forget it." Um, then they took us into another room to wait for the ultrasound, and then someone came and took us back to a different room where they did the ultrasound and the EKG. And during the EKG, it's like all these tiny little stickers that they stick on him. And right. like and like if you move a millimeter, they fall off. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give him this bottle. So he's like distracted. And so I give him the bottle and he's like, and like sucks it down. Like 
he never has a midday bottle anymore. So I'm sure he was like, oh, ho, ho. yeah. Um, and then they took us back to the exam room to wait for the doctor who was going to look at the ultrasound results. Mm-hmm. And we're in, oh, and also while we were in the, the public waiting room, I'd given him a smoothie because it was like around lunchtime in a pouch. Yeah. So we're waiting for the doctor. Henry's, I'm letting Henry like toddle around the exam room and he like looks over at me and he looks like, he looks really like, like upset almost. And I'm like, Henry, what's wrong? And then he's like, just like, Bleh! and pukes the smoothie and the bottle up all over the floor. Nice liquidy. Yeah. Gross. And I was like, shit. And so fortunately he wasn't wearing, he was only in a diaper. He wasn't wearing any clothes. Yeah. Um, but I pick him up and I'm like, Oh, what do I do? I can't like, I, I'm not going to try to clean this up by myself, especially with him. Like, there was nowhere to put him. I would have tried. There was no way. So I like go out, I go out into the hall. There's no one there. There's no staff. I'm like walking up down and you can't leave without, like if you leave that area, you can't get back in. Right. So I'm like, Oh God. So finally there's a nurse. The nurse who had seen us earlier was in an exam room with another parent and a baby and she had the door open and I was like, I'm so sorry to bother you guys. Uh, he just threw up could you possibly call another nurse to come clean it up? And she was like, Oh yeah, no problem. And the mom was like, no problems. Don't worry about it. That's wild. I didn't know that you went out out of your way to find someone else to clean up our kids puke. Yeah. You have no respect for nurses. What are you talking about? They're busy. You can clean up our own son's puke. Okay. There was no way I was going to be able to do that without him walking into it. And also I was afraid. So he walks into it. Then he cleaned his feet. Then. And I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to like disinfect it. What, the puke? Yeah. Like, I just was like, you know what? I mm. can't deal with this Interesting. myself. So, well, someone claimed it came If I was there, it. I'd be cleaning it up. Okay. Well, you weren't there. So, I had to make a split second decision. And well, that was a decision. Seemed like I your made. split second decision inconvenienced many people, including the people that were in their own appointment. <laughs> that Dory Shapir bursts in <laughs> with a pukey baby, goes, Hey, I'm Dor. This is this is Forever Thirty Five's Dory Shafrir. Why are you being like this? Being like what? I didn't because I've never heard the story in detail. Okay, well I'm telling you the story in detail, and that was what I felt like I had to do with Henry because he was a maniac. Okay. So I'm sorry that you feel like I was disrespectful, but I don't think I was. Okay. Nurses, right in what if you're so confident then you have nothing to worry okay, about great nurses write in <laughs> okay we got another email from someone who is calling herself the genetic counselor's daughter <laughs> hi dory matt henry and Bo. i wrote in before in the pre-henry days i'm the daughter of a genetic counselor the one who realized i really don't need to have my own kids but just really love listening to you mm-hmm. too Last week, you were discussing the question about having a second kiddo and what to do with the mosaic embryo. You questioned how to talk to a genetic counselor. There should be one either on staff at California Fertility Partners or consulting for them. Ask Dr. Beck if you can make an appointment with their genetic counselor. My mom used to be their genetic counselor back in the day. Someone should definitely talk to you about that mosaic embryo and give you all the information and statistics. If CFP cannot give out the GC's info, did you use a high-risk OB? They would have a genetic counselor. Or last case... Try the NSGC database, National Society of Genetic Counselors. There are GCs that see patients independently. 
I did a quick search. There are several now. When I was growing up, there were so few in the area at UCLA and Cedar sinai yeah. and private practice. I hope this helps. A genetic counselor would really be a great resource for you to talk for you to ask all your questions about the embryo. Oh, by the way, forever ago, when I first emailed, I said I shot archery, and Matt asked what kind of bow. Mm -hmm. Well, I shoot Olympic recurve, so I shoot a Hoyt with all the things, sights, oh, wow. stabilizers, etc., at a 120-centimeter target at 70 meters. I sent pictures, since I know Matt likes pictures. I Thank do. you. The genetic counselor's daughter is still in a 1,550-square-foot house with me and my two cats, now with a boyfriend and a 75-pound dog who's terrified of said cats. Oh, my God. It's huge. Well, yeah. I mean, those bows with the with the balance thing on the end there, that long pole that sticks out there. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a compound bow. Wow, it's a recurve. She's using all of her own torque. Nice. I'm delighted. Thank you for okay. thank you for sharing. Any other archers out there? Let me know. <laughs> all right. Um, we got a voicemail from someone last week who was asking about being upsold on genetic testing. Yes. Hi, this is Daniela from Toronto, Canada. I wanted to provide an alternate answer to the person asking about being upsold on genetic testing. So a bit of background about me. I had my first IVF baby three years ago after two rounds of IVF. We had a failed transfer of two day three embryos after the first retrieval. Um, they were untested. And for the second retrieval, we got one six day embryo, which we also didn't genetically test because we only had the one. And um, we got really lucky and it stuck and we had our son. So this past fall, we did two more retrievals. I'm 35 now. And after the first retrieval, we seemingly had better results than ever. We got four embryos. Um, so we tested them all and they all came back abnormal, uh, not mosaic. It was pretty devastating. Um, the doctor and genetic counselor thought it was a fluke. I started to do more research and found all the data that shows that babies can be born from abnormal embryos. Um, the thinking is that some abnormals are really mosaic since they test only five to eight cells out of 100 or so. And from the placenta, not the baby, uh, testing errors like with any test can occur. There's also some thought around embryos uh, potentially self-correcting. So my doctor uh, will not transfer abnormal embryos. So we cycled again and we got another four embryos. And this time we did not uh, test them genetically. We instead transferred them one by one. Um, the first was a chemical, the second one failed, and the third one stuck. So I am 14 weeks and uh, thus far testing has looked you know, good slash normal. You know, maybe if we had tested the second batch, we would have gotten a uh, normal embryo and the outcome would have been the same for me as someone who has not gone through any miscarriages and has had past success. I was willing to risk uh, transferring an untested embryo. I really wanted to give it a shot in my uterus. Um, I do think genetic testing can play a role for some people, depending on the medical history and their personal uh, risk tolerance. The listener said that they normally get only one to two embryos. Um, given the high cost of testing, for us it was 4,000 to test or 2,000 to transfer um, per embryo. And, and, and there's the risk of them potentially coming back abnormal. I personally would just transfer them one by one. Uh, but it really depends on what she and her partner are comfortable with. 
definitely read the research and understand what the test can and cannot tell you about your embryos. And some doctors are willing to transfer uh, abnormal embryos if you find yourself in that position. Um, thanks for listening and thanks for, thanks for the show. This is Daniela from Toronto, Canada, in an 1,800-square-foot house, including a finished basement, Whoa. with a husband and an almost three-year-old son and another baby on the way. Congrats on, uh, on everything that's happening there, up to and including living in Toronto. <laughs> um, interesting methodology. Yeah. I don't know if I... Good for you for yeah. having the fucking stamina to go through those four or three transfers yeah, right there. seriously. That is uh, it's a lot. But also an interesting sort of conundrum of like, well, what does that what does that say? Yeah. Is all genetic testing bunk? No, I don't think it is. Me either. But I'm just being like You're being that guy. I'm being podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is an interesting question from Brooke. After listening to the wait a second episode, I had a question that I don't think I've seen much research or information on. You mentioned that you don't you didn't start your cycle again until after nine months post birth. What happens to eggs during this time of anovulation? Do they save up during this time, meaning you might have better egg quantity if you did a retrieval? Do you get to erase those nine months from your fertility age since you weren't ovulating? Brooke's asking the hard questions. Yeah. Do you have an idea? I feel like this, like, that can't be true, but I also have no idea. Exactly. That's why they're the hard questions. Yeah. Brooke, thank you. Thank you for If I had to guess, everything's paused in in your ovaries. And uh, you're, you're, you reverse age. I bad guess. highly doubt that. Um, okay. We have an email from Connor that is, it's, he says it's to all of us, but it's really to you. Okay. Do you think a base six, six yep. has enough low end to replace my four stringers? Any experience with them? I've always been tempted to get one. Any new guitar or bass purchases on your end? Are you playing any video games lately? I'm finally taking a break from Fortnite and getting back into Red Dead. Well, P.S. Me too, pal. What's your prediction for a Disney reopening 2021? Hopefully we can take a trip down to Florida once life returns to normal. Uh, I'll go in reverse order. I would honestly guess they do like a, like a fall 20% capacity situation and then open at like 50% capacity in January, mm. if that. Uh, uh, I'm still trying to 100% Red Dead. I'm at 76% completion right now. Uh, couldn't tell you how many hours I have into it, but it's a lot. Uh, I've never played a base six. I've always wanted a base six. They're very hard to find left-handed. You usually have to go through the Fender Custom Shop. I ordered a long time ago a Fender a base six pick guard, mm. and I still have it in the uh, in in one of my boxes of parts that is just sitting there for the day that I decide to build my own Fender base six. Does it have enough low end? Yeah, I mean it. It. I don't think you can ever fully get rid of the four string bass for percussiveness, but I will say that a lot of the a lot of the um, white album stuff, bass six was all over it, and it was like George playing bass. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I'll say. All right, seems reasonable. All right, we have a voicemail that is also directed to you, pretty much. Hello, Matt and Dory. This is Tyler Curry. 
I found your show by listening to a feed. Whoa. Uh, I started back in January, and I've caught up to you by now. So I was just letting you know, I love your podcast. I'm a 32-year-old man. Don't want kids. <laughs> Don't feel the need to have kids, but see why people love them. Uh, love you and Matt. I love Matt and Steve. Back at the show and for uh, talked out to uh, Scramble Very Day. nice. Phrase a Smodco fan. So I just want to say love the podcast. And Matt, uh, I believe uh, the Weekly Planet watches your or listens to your things vlogging. So I think that's pretty cool. I live in a uh, 2,200 square foot house, and we're about to move into a, almost a 3,000 square foot house nice. in Fort Worth, Texas. That's the beauty so, of not having for the kids. Podcast, keep it up. Thank you. Bye. Uh, you know, I think I think the Weekly Plan. I feel like they do. I've, I've heard. First of all, I've heard me on their show. What is the Weekly Plan? Uh, there's this fucking phenomenally great. YouTube channel called Mr. Sunday Movies. If you ever hear me listening to Australian people talk about comic booky things, that's what I'm listening to or watching. Gotcha. And they do their podcast is called The Weekly Planet. Ah, I see. Okay. But I have heard I you know, I was watching a they just like they'll they'll occasionally go back and like uh rewatch the Spider Man movies or something and like I was watching them recap something about Spider Man. And then I heard Sam Raimi answering a question, and it was me that asked it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's funny. That's from, uh, that was from the Nerdist. So I, I'm a, I hope, I, those guys are great. Um, Tyler called back. Oh, nice. Oh, man, Dory, this is Tyler. Forgot to tell you, it's 2770 square foot. He rounded up. He with a uh, 28-year-old, my girl, 28-year-old and 11-year-old, and a boxer and a... German Shepherd Mix. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Uh, I'm confused. What are you confused by? Is the is it the 11 year old a human or is that the boxer? I think the 11 year old is the boxer. Oh. Or the 11 year old is the boxer German Shepherd Mix. Gotcha. I believe. I love it that you're going to 2774. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Tyler, and uh, I really appreciate that you are still listening to me. Yeah. Yammer on. Hi, Matt and Dory. Uh, my name is Alessandra. I don't have an IVF-related question, but I thought you could help me out anyway. Um, I'm moving from New York to Boston in September. Nice. And uh, I'm moving in with my boyfriend who already lives in Boston, so uh-huh. it's pretty exciting for both of us. Um, we're currently in the waiting period to find out if we got our dream apartment in Beacon Hill. Ooh. So please, uh, hopefully that has already happened. Um, I'm a graphic designer, and I was looking into joining The Wing in Back Bay. Um, Dory, I know that you're a member or have been a member of the Wink and I'm the Wing, um, and I, I just visited the one in New York, so that's all basically what I'm going off of. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything that you find most worth for the price every month because it is a little pricey. Um, I do have like a decent business, so it's definitely like I can afford it. It's just a matter of what I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I will be moving to Boston, so, like, I don't have any friends there, really, and it would be really nice to make new friends, but I just don't know if it's worth spending that much money. Um, also, any other Boston recommendations would be amazing. I love you both so much, and uh, hopefully you'll get back to me. Thank you. Bye. Um, it sounds like you work for yourself. 
and you won't be going into an office every day, I would say definitely join the wing. It's actually cheaper than getting a desk at like a WeWork. Um, and it comes with all this like built-in community and events and they have all this networking and message boards and plus I feel like a graphic designer at the wing. I bet you could get a lot of work there. Great sort of uh, place to be connected to people. Totally. Um, the wing, all the wing locations are closed right now. Um, and they've, they've frozen everyone's memberships. They've been doing digital stuff, which has been great. Um, but there are no physical locations open right now. So I don't know when you're moving. September. Is that what she said? Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully by September they will possibly be open. I, but I have no idea. Um, and I don't know what their status, like if they're accepting applications. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely, definitely worth doing. Beacon Hill. Beacon Hill. I, I feel like you're going to get the apartment because, I mean, there's not a ton of people moving right now, right? I feel like there's more people moving than you think. What? Yeah. Where? <laughs> I've like anecdotally heard of people moving. <laughs> no, I have. No, I, I believe you. I'm laughing at your whole thing. Why? Because you made this very broad statement, and then you followed it up with, I've anecdotally heard some people well, moving. Well, it's not like no one is moving right, right. now. Right. Tyler's moving. Totally. Exactly. To 2774. No, that's what he's in now. Oh, going to 3000. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. We've gotten to the B portion of the podcast, finally. Let's be thankful. Oh, boy. All right. This is from Jocelyn. I'm writing to respond to your caller with honeybees in her brick wall house. I would definitely suggest that they contact their local beekeepers association for advice slash recommendation. They're a great resource for anyone with bee questions. It is possible to remove the comb hive from between the outer brick wall and the inner wall. And she included a video. Mm -hmm. However, they will specifically want to find someone who does bee cutout removal services, not just swarm removal. Yeah. Swarms are usually external groups of worker bees that are traveling from one site to another after their original colony has become too large to sustain the whole group. Honeybees can be smoked to calm them down, and once the wall is opened, it is possible to move the comb to collect and transport the hive, but it's definitely something that should be done by someone who knows what they're doing. Quick Google search for bee cutout removal services or a call to their beekeeper association should get them started on the process. Thank God there's, there's a route to go here instead of my genocidal route. Uh, and we did get a voicemail about bees that I'll play. Good. Okay. So, hi, my name's Robin. I live down in the Florida Keys. The bee question from this week. We had a bee infestation a bunch of years ago when we first moved into our house. We had two different infestations. One, uh, we did, were able to work with a beekeeper. Basically, one, we used this thing called a pheromone trap. They kind of like flower pots. They're like 20 bucks online. Mm-hmm. Um, you hook it, you basically put it into an area kind of near where the bee infestation is happening. There's pheromone stuff inside of it. At some point, the bees will decide to relocate. They will move the queen over into the trap. It is the craziest thing you will ever see. It's a giant swarm of bees. They all move over. It's like that freaking Nicolas Cage movie at one point. Um, that was successful. We got all the bees. They moved the queen in a clump. Everything worked great. The other bee infestation, we had to use chemicals and kill them. But um, there is some stuff you can do. So just look online. Look for pheromone bee trap. They're only like 20 bucks. Uh, real easy to use. So I'm Robin. I have two 10-year-old science babies. They are not babies anymore. They're full-blown kids. We live in the Florida Keys in 2,900 square feet. Good luck. Ooh. Oh, and we have a rescue dog, too. So that's fun. Nice. Look, bye. Nice 2,900 square foot house in the Keys. That sounds pretty nice. A lot of Myra's down there. Mm. Key Maybe West. She's run into some. Is our 
base of operations into Tampa. All right, and well, then Orlando, my uh, family. Well, thank you all for those B. I'm just glad that there are solutions, and yeah. I hope that the uh, we get a follow up. I do too. On on this, I hope the solution is a nonviolent one. Yes. Um, all right, we have one last email from Sue, who writes, "It's Nevada. Like I had a blast in Nevada." What? Not Nevada. Like open up and say ah. Hang on, Las Vegas, Nevada. That's how I say Nevada. it. Nevada. I say it wrong. Yeah. Nevada. Las Vegas, Nevada. Nope, I'm never going to say you that. You live in the West now, so you have to say it right. I don't know if I can. Sue, in San Diego, we are still surviving, even in quarantine, in 1,172 square feet, with two adults, one two-year-old, and one baby arriving in two months. Like Oregon, I get. It's like Colorado is how you're supposed Colorado. to Colorado. Yeah. Denver, Colorado. We say Colorado, but it's actually Colorado. Like rad? Yeah, like Nevada. Nevada. Not happening. <laughs> can't do it Uh, nevada i'm not i don't think i'm capable of that all right i mean look we have this book chicka chicka boom boom if anyone's read it uh there's a rhyme in it with aunt or aunt and pants and i always say aunt and ponce (laughs) because i can never say aunt when i read a-u-n-t because i'm from boston that being said, thank you all so much for still listening to the show, and a special thank you to those of us who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Excellent Adventure. Uh, if you support us at the $5 level or above, you'll get your name right on the podcast each uh, month, and we also do two bonus episodes over there. Each month for uh, the $5 level, you get one. $10 level, you get Dose Podcasts Extra. In case we haven't talked enough, there's more places to hear us. So thank you to the following good folks. Martin Hedegar Peterson. Maud Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Megan K. Miller. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michelle Ism. Michelle Kitzmiller. Michelle Zytek. Mike Zytek. Nuh-uh. It's Mike. <laughs> Mike Zytek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Molly Schranz. Mariah Adamic. Mr. Bundy. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bossert. Nikki Maraca. Uh, Patricia Faust-Rezig. Paul Sharp. Paula. Rachel Downey. Robert Olson. Sabrina Stern. Sadie Massa. Sandra M. Sarah Prager. Sarah Lewis. Sarah Swift. Sherry Olson. SJV. Stephen Azar. Uh, Tanya Kerchemin. The Holderman Clan. The Campbells. And Tracy Jury. Thank you, everybody, so much. We will see you all again next week. Post, uh, uh, see, we're going to see you next week, but we're not going to have talked to Dr. Beck by then because Dr. Beck is happening not next week, the week after. Thank you very much. Bye.